to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And BJ, we're about three games into the season for, for the NBA season, the early NBA season. We got Christmas Day blowouts to talk about. But the big story, BJ, we have history. We have the biggest blowout uh, we've ever seen in a half. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks yesterday, without Kawhi Leonard, the the, the Clippers, we'll talk about all this. Uh, but we see Luka Doncic put up 77 points in one half. His numbersake, as they say, his 77 on the scoreboard. They are up 77 to 27 over the Clippers. And I just wanted to get your first reactions when you saw that, because I felt like when everyone saw that, they freaked out. They're like, what's going on here? Well, before <laughs> I get to that, Happy holidays. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You. Love it. Hope you're well to all of our listeners, viewers. Happy holidays. And uh, 2020 is almost done. Yeah, we're almost at the end. We're, we're, we're like slowly getting there. December 28th, a few more days, and we get a new year. Uh, so we're getting close. We're getting yes, close. We're getting close. Now, to your question. I was sitting at the table. <laughs> playing Uno with my youngest son. When I received this text, mm. halftime score <laughs> from a very good friend, an NBA executive, mm. shall remain nameless to protect all, <laughs> sends me this text and asks me the very same question. What do you think? <laughs> And my initial response was, I had to take a second look. Mm. I had to actually get out my reading glasses because <laughs> I wanted to make sure. I thought, <laughs> I thought, you know, oh, wow, my vision has really gotten really bad. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be real. This can't be real. <laughs> I got my glasses and I looked again. Tate, to my amazement. It said 77 to 27. Mm. So I proceed to go to my wife. I said, look at this. <laughs> Fact check this. Make sure I'm not crazy. And she looks at me and goes, I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> now, that was my response. I, my initial response. But my immediate internal response was, thank God I don't have to be on that plane ride home yep, or in the locker room immediately following the game. Because someone is going to have to answer to that owner, to that general manager, to that head coach. But more importantly, <laughs> what's now the connection in the locker room when you're looking at each other. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, Tate, I, I feel I have a lot of answers of things I've seen through experience. This is one thing I've never seen and I had no response. Now I called up a, four, a couple of former teammates just to ask them, what would you say to me if you and I played on a team and that happened? And everyone said the same thing. BJ, I don't know what I would, say, would have said to you. And I said the same thing. I don't know how you look at each other moving forward. Mm -hmm. Because it's pretty hard to, to be down 50 points. You're a and, professional. And to lose by 51. And you the lose. Mm -hmm. The thing that disturbed me more than anything, Tate, was 
they lost by 51 points. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, when I look at the Clippers, I've seen a lot of blowouts in my basketball life. But to see a team that is assembled with championship aspirations lose like this was one of the more disturbing things I've seen because mm -hmm. you look at the players they've acquired, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George in particular, and all of the role players that they have. You look at the commitment from their ownership and team financially with this group. Clearly, they are looking to advance beyond the first round. And you look at the roster and you go, this is a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. For them to display this level of effort at home is beyond. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know what to say, but I will say this. It's pretty hard to be down 50 points. <laughs> 50. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's... You know, and I dare do I say that's unacceptable. So as a ex-professional basketball player, X is the key word. <laughs> I didn't comprehend what was going on there. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how that's possible to be down 50 points in a game with the talent level that I've seen, even though Kawhi didn't play. I still couldn't comprehend how they were down 50 points before half mm -hmm. and then lose by 51 when the game concluded. Yeah, to put it into context, if the Dallas Mavericks basically decided not to score the ball in the second half to, to, to have a mercy rule, they still would have won the game. Uh, even with the, the Clippers putting all their points in the second half, they still lose to what the you know what they were able to do in the first half. So that says a lot. Uh, and then you talk about the the full picture of this uh, with the Clippers. Friday they play Christmas Day. They beat the Nuggets. Kawhi Leonard, like you said, he gets elbowed you know inadvertently by his teammate Serge Ibaka. Gets eight stitches. He's out for this game on Sunday. After the game, Paul George, who is the centerpiece of this team without Kawhi Leonard, obviously, he gets asked about who takes responsibility, which is, I think, a fair point, BJ. You know, where do you where do you point the finger? What do you say? How do you move on? Well, what what these are all the questions that are fair. Paul George said he enjoyed his Christmas too much, uh, which I thought was, you know, uh, I guess an honest answer. That's that, you know, I'm I'm happy to hear that that he had such a great Christmas that he wasn't ready for the game on Sunday. That was basically uh, what what sounded like the resounding. Uh, narrative or answer, whatever you want to say, out of the Clippers locker room. Uh, if you're Kawhi Leonard, your answer is couldn't be me. You know that couldn't couldn't be me. I couldn't lose by fifty. So that might be what he says to this. But that's that's uh, I think the biggest shocking storyline did not happen on Christmas Day. Uh, it it happened two days later. Uh, a residual fallout from Christmas Day where we don't have Kawhi Leonard and we see the Clippers at their quote unquote or you know reality their worst. Uh, or we hope it's their worst. We hope we don't see this again. Uh, but that was, I, I think, the big storyline there um, as far as that game. And then Christmas Day itself, BJ, you watched all these games. Uh, was there any major takeaway you had from Christmas Day? I know that there were a lot of people talking about the Warriors. Uh, maybe they weren't as, you know, as great as we may have thought they were. Um, that, that was, you know, I, I saw that as, as far as like the, the top tier of the league fallout. Uh, but what did BJ Armstrong see on Christmas Day? Well, 
Tate, I feel like I'm, as I'm watching the games, I'm trying to watch with the lens of watching the game from an NBA perspective. Mm-hmm. When I watch a collegiate game, I watch it at the lens of the talent that I'm watching. Yep. The thing that has stood out to me on Christmas at the start of the season is really the lack of organization of the teams playing. Mm. There's so much improvising now on the floor. And what I mean by improvising, just freelance basketball. When you play in the NBA, you know, there's a, there, you know, if you're going to be on a good team, right, you, you, you play the game with a certain level of respect for your teammates, the game, how to move the ball. You know, you know, if you have a good shot, you move it on, try to get a better shot. The thing that has stood out to me, especially on Christmas, is the amount of one-on-one play mm. in the NBA. Like, I have to believe that the coaches aren't saying we're just all going to go. The whole game isn't just isolation basketball. <laughs> like, the lack of creativity as I'm watching the games now is at an all-time high. And I'm not criticizing the league, but I have a hard time believing that every team in the league is playing the exact same way. Everyone can't shoot the ball like Steph Curry or Kevin Durant or these guys or Damian Lillard. But everyone shoots threes mm-hmm. as if that's just what we do. Every offense is five out <laughs> and you just play on the perimeter and you try to shoot a three. I can't recall the amount of times I've seen a two-on-one, three-on-two break, and the best shot they get out of it is a three in transition. So the lack of organization right now, and I want to believe that it's because they haven't had much time to practice or prepare, so that everyone now is just kind of rounding themselves into shape. But I'm really surprised at how we're only playing the game now from a perspective of the following. Everyone's just playing Mm one-on-one. It's isolation basketball, screen roll to try to find a mismatch. That seems to be the NBA way right now. And I don't know what happened where we're losing the cohesiveness of playing five-on-five basketball where you move the ball, swing the ball around, try to find the best shot. But right now, it's just get the ball to your best player. That player either creates a shot for himself, gets a double team, moves the ball, moves the ball on, and this guy, you know, hauls up a three. That to me is what I saw. And hopefully in the two or three weeks, as guys get in better shape coaches begin to implement hopefully their system of play i can't believe this is i can't believe all 30 teams play this way you know and i give rick carlisle credit you know i shouldn't say all 30 teams a large majority of the teams rick carlisle has a player who you probably could do that with Mm -hmm. in luka Doncic, but he forces luka Doncic to play team basketball he forces him now luka Doncic is probably a player you probably could give him the ball because he's a willing passer, he can 
he can do a lot of different things. But you can't tell me there are 29 other Luka Doncic's running around in the NBA with the same that should be able to play with the same amount of freedom. LeBron James could do that. Okay, I can understand Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you know, Steph Curry. You know, there's probably 10 or so guys who can probably play that way. But you can't tell me the entire league can play this way. And that is the thing that disturbs me most as I'm watching the games early, is that every team can't play five out and just stand around and shoot threes. And but that seems to be the NBA right now and the analytics of the game now seems to have taken over what we're there to do, which is what gives you the best chance to win the game? Mm. Sorry for my little rant there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. I think that's, uh, you know, as you watch all those games on Christmas, you know, you watch a team like the Miami Heat and I feel like their offense is a little bit free flowing, you know. There, there is some some good things that you see there. Eric right. Spolstra gets that win. He's eight zero on Christmas. You know what I mean? We, we, the NBA, the GMs, they say he's the best coach in the league. You and I have both, mm-hmm. you know, given our kudos to Spolstra. So the first game on Christmas Day, I thought was actually the most enjoyable game as far as a basketball, uh, you know, from a basketball standpoint. Just watching the Miami Heat work, the way that they ran their offense. Jimmy Butler had, I think, four points in that game, but was vital. To, to how they were playing. And, you know, Duncan Robinson has a great day. He has 23 points. So the Miami Heat was one team that really stood out to me as far as being able to play their brand of basketball, their way of basketball. So I enjoyed watching them. And I agree with you. The rest of the teams, it, it does feel like everyone's trying to find their pieces uh, and piece it all together. The puzzle was not there yet. Um, the Nuggets, you know, they, they're still trying to find their footing. Jokic looked great. The Stars looked great. Um, as you'd expect. I mean, this is a star-driven league, but we're all still trying to find our identity. And that's why, you know, a lot of people were talking about the Warriors from Christmas Day. And I think a lot of that came from the idea that the Warriors used to look different you know, when they played, it was like the, the Warriors brand of basketball. Um, and now when you watch the Warriors, they look like everybody else. Um, and like you said, everybody else is playing the boot and holes are five out offense and we're all jacking threes. And James Wiseman is taking threes and looking more confident than a lot of the other players in the league. And he's a rookie big man. So that's where we are in basketball. I find that fascinating. Um, and then uh, I think the most fascinating storyline outside of just the, the general take on the basketball being played is the duo in the East that everyone is falling in love with. Uh, You know, as you and I both uh, expected because of their talent level, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I like to call them 7-Eleven. They're open anytime. Uh, They're ready to go and they're ready to play. And and they open the season up against the Celtics uh, on Christmas Day. Um, And and I think they made their presence felt, to say the least. And I just wanted to hear what you thought about seeing those two guys play together and the Nets in general because they're a deep basketball team. And Spencer Dinwiddie, who came on our show, we love him and uh, what he's able to bring nicked up a little bit right now. But there's a good fit in Brooklyn, and uh, there's a lot of people that think they may make it out of the East. Well, offensively, without question, Kevin Durant, along with Kyrie Irving, that's lethal. Mm. That's lethal because offensively, both of those young men are more than capable of taking over a game, not just Mm -hmm. having a good quarter or a good half. They're both very capable of taking over and closing out a game. They both can make big time shots and they're fearless Mm -hmm. as offensive players. Kevin Durant 
as much credit as he should get as an offensive player. The thing that's been impressive about watching him in the first three games that I've seen in the regular season has been his defensive effort. Mm. He has taken something away, what he learned in Golden State, and he's bringing that to the Brooklyn Nets on the defensive end. I see him making defensive plays. I see him going after block shots. I see him playing the game without any hesitation because you don't know how someone's going to come back from a serious injury like he's had from you know his Achilles injury. Defensively, I really love what I see. Coach Nash, I just love saying that. Coach Nash, <laughs> I think he is the right person for that job. He's the right person for that job there in Brooklyn. Kyrie is going to do what Kyrie does. I mean, he can say what you want, all of the other narratives off the floor, here and pushing through. We don't, we, we don't start talking until the ball is up in the air to the jump ball. <laughs> yep. Kyrie Irving in between the lines is a special talent. Yep. I love the combination. I love what they do. I love how they play with one another. And Kevin Durant is setting the tone on the defensive end. Now, that 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 is key. Now, there's only one thing that I've seen in the first three games that I have questions about is the following. Both of those players are dynamic on the offensive end. But in order to win a championship, you must be able to manage the time and score. And both of those players, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, aren't what we call facilitators. Mm -hmm. They're dynamic scores. You must have a player or two that can manage the time and score if you're going to be a championship caliber team, right? If you're looking at the Toronto Raptors, Kyle Lowry, that's what he does. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Warriors, you say Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala, that's what they did. They managed the mm -hmm. time and score. Mm -hmm. You look at the Lakers last year. Rondo. Rondo. LeBron James, that's what they do. When mm -hmm. I look at the Brooklyn Nets, score, score, scoring, scorers, check. <laughs> Defensive players, you know, Jordan and all of those guys, DeAndre Jordan. Jared check. Allen, yeah. Jared Allen, you look at their bench, Karis LeVert, check. <laughs> yep. It's one thing that I don't see on this team is what player is actually managing the game. When I look at the Bulls with those runs, Scottie Pippen, check. When you look at the championship caliber teams, they all have a player or two that can manage that part of the game. Now, Kyrie Irving, I don't know if that's what he does. Mm -hmm. He can score. He can score with the best of them. That man is clutch. No question is asked. I love their team. I love the fact that Coach Nash, I watched him against your Charlotte uh, Hornets <laughs> last night. Charlotte goes on a run as I'm watching the game. They go on like an 8-0 run or 10-0 run or something. And Coach Nash doesn't call a timeout. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Because he's like, 
hey, play your way through it. And that, to me, is why I say he is the right guy for the job. Because he's going to force you every night to deal with his two best players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make no doubt about it. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, when you say ultra green light, they both have the ultra green light. And they are aggressive and they're very capable as offensive players. I love what I see with them. That's the only question that I have is one player that can manage the time and score. But other than that, I like it. I, I, I like what I've seen in the first, you know, I know it's early in the season, but as long as they can stay healthy, they look like they're going to be a team to be reckoned with for the entire year. Yeah, and on Christmas Day, I mean, to put it in perspective, you have Kyrie puts up 37, KD puts up 29. The next highest scorer is Levert with 10. You know what I mean? They are a two-headed monster, to say the least. They wanted to make a trade for someone, or there were rumors that they could make a trade for someone like Drew Holiday. That would be the, the person, I think, that you're talking about to do time and score, maybe, with this team. Joe Harris is a guy that they may try. Landry Shamit. There's some pieces that they may work out. But maybe Kevin Durant is that guy. Like you mentioned, he has... His game has evolved over time, and I think that you know that was the the thing that I was was fascinated with Kobe and Michael and those guys that they always want to add something to their game, and every single year they come back with something different. Um, that's what greatness means, and I think if Kevin Durant can you know learn from Iguodala and being in that experience at Golden State, even learning time and score from Draymond and being able to to put that, he's the most senior guy on that Brooklyn Nets team. So there's a chance that he could get there. But uh, I think that's a great point to be made. Speaking of, uh, you know, the Hornets, I have to bring this up. The buzz is back, BJ. Uh, they, the, they were 0-2. <laughs> a lot of people uh, were coming at me, reaching out to me, a lot of my Hornets friends and fans. And uh, they were concerned. They're like, how do we lose to the Cavaliers? Turns out that wasn't a bad loss. As you look at the Cavs now, they're 3-0. They're, they're, they're right top of the Eastern Conference early on in the season. Uh, but the buzz, they get a win over the Brooklyn Nets. Should I not freak out, BJ? Or I'm already talking about the playoffs in my head. Uh, was this a one-off game? You watched this game. What did you see from the Hornets? They uh, they got some talent. Gordon Hayward looks good early. I like the Hornets. Mm. I like the Hornets. And Bismack Biombo as a starter with this group, seems to fit who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you find a fit in life. Sometimes you find a fit with a team. What he brings as a center in today's game fits the makeup of this team because mm-hmm. he brings toughness. He brings shot blocking. But more importantly, he has a presence. He has a presence in the middle of the floor on the defensive end in particular. Mm. And when you have the guard play, because they have terrific guard play. I mean, Rozier. Yep. Devontae Graham. Devontae. Lamella Ball. Ball. Yep. Gordon Hayward. They have terrific guard play. They really do. And then when you bring in the defensive presence where you can have someone that has to be dealt with at the basket because he can he's an excellent rim protector and he brings a certain level of physicality to the game. It, 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 it gives you a different look. And... That's a that's a tough cover when you have to defend Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Mm. But Bismack can do that. He can switch. Bismack can play against those guys. And the game's not too fast for him. And he can play big boy basketball and he can play small basketball. So I think that was the first thing that I saw. 
Gordon Hayward, you know, he's playing the game at a nice pace right now. He has, he's got he's a not nice rushed. Feel. Yeah, he's yeah. not. He, he, <laughs> sometimes you know you was look at a player and you'd be like, they're in their space. Well, right now, he's namaste. He's yep. in his space right now. Like, yep. you can't speed him up. He gets to his spots. He's not fighting when he's going to get the ball. They have a nice balance with him. Yep. And he's found a nice balance with this team. And I like how they're utilizing him, in particular, on the offensive end. And he's just found his space. It works for him, and it works for this team. I like how he's playing, and I like this team. And they bring in LaMelo and these guys. They're bringing, they're bringing what I call young energy. Like, yep. I don't know what LaMelo's going to do. He, he may do some things good. He may do some things bad. But you know what I like is he brings the energy every single time he comes on the floor. Like, like he makes a mistake, and you're like, oh, but he tried to do the right thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. like that. You know, you're yeah. like, ah, okay, he'll learn maybe not to do that over time. He, he's had multiple moments where he's turned the ball over and then gotten a steal right back, you know, on the other I, side I, of that. I'm okay with that. Yep. He plays the game. He has a certain energy about him that you like. You're rooting for him because, mm-hmm. you know, his. He, he, he appears to be his mind's in the right place. Yep. His heart's in the right place. And you can – you can see how the older guys have gravitated to him yep. and how he's accepting coaching. I like how they're bringing him along. And that was a great win for them for their mental makeup against a quality team. We're talking about a team that that could potentially come out of the Eastern Conference in the Brooklyn Nets. So I think the buzz is back. I like what they're doing. If they can stay healthy, I think, do I dare say, they're one of the top eight to ten teams that should be in the playoffs Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. year. I like what they have. I like their veterans. I like their guard play, their bigs. And I think they're going to be a good team, and they play hard. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. While the holiday season may be winding down, the sports calendar is in full swing this week. From collegiate to professional sports, there is no shortage of action, and there is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? To celebrate this year's college football playoffs, DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to bet on any semifinal team to win the championship at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any semifinal team to win the championship. And if your team wins, you can cash $100. Let's not forget the 2021 basketball season just kicked off. So head to the app now to check out all of DraftKings daily odds boost. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easier for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE when you sign up to get 100-to-1 odds on any semifinal team to win it all. That's promo code TATE for new players to get a shot at $100 on any semifinal this week for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. For shakes and supplies, see DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana call 1809 with it just kind of you know doing a round robin around the league bj the cavaliers like i mentioned they're standing out the orlando magic are also three and they're standing out is there any team that you've watched so far that 
you know, you see and you say, wow, they're, they're really impressing me. I, I'm surprised at how well they're playing. Um, and I like their talent because I think the magic have kind of surprised people. But again, they beat the Bucks last year, you know, the first one game one of the playoffs in the first round. So they have some talent down there in Orlando as well. Orlando, they've had a couple nice wins mm-hmm. now. But there's a team that's caught my attention. And I and I have to say this because I was watching because I, I love John Morant. John <laughs> yep. Morant automatically, my television is automatically set to Memphis because I love watching that young man play. I turn, I tune in the game to watch perhaps one of my favorite players as a guard for sure, John Morant. And I started watching the Atlanta Hawks. Mm. Now the Atlanta Hawks, they have my attention because they can score that basketball and they have numbers and they have depth. Mm-hmm. And they have... The game and they have I some won. veterans, right? They now got some they veterans. Can, yep. Danilo, Bogdan, Rondo, Rondo Clint Capella. Yep. And then you sprinkle in all these young guys they have. Hunter and, yeah, exactly. Trey Young. And, yep. Okay. They have my attention because they have depth. They have terrific guard play. And you know when Rondo is back in the fold, he's going to give them a certain level of toughness, in particular yep. on that on that second unit. And Trey Young. I feel like he's going to be good for Trey Young. Yes, because he's going to hold Trey Young accountable. And Trey Young is not playing on the defensive end. Okay? The game can still be won because Rondo is a, more than a capable player. He's shown that throughout his career. I The Atlanta Hawks, they have my attention right now. Mm. They could be good because they can score and they should be able to defend. And one of the most important things in particular in today, they should be able to rim protect mm-hmm. with Clint Capella. Hopefully he gets back into the fold coming back. I think they said he had a sore Achilles or something. Yep. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks guys in the early part of the season is a team that I could clearly see should could be one of the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. And I didn't say that at the beginning of the season, but when I began to look at their depth and I began to look at their team and and I watched them last game and I was like, oh, Clint Capella's out, Delillo's out, Rondo's out, and they're still this good. Yep. I was like, they got something cooking down there. Yeah, and and they'll trip you up too because you'll have a guy like Cam Reddish come in and you'll say, wow, I forgot that they have, you know, DeAndre DeAndre Hunter, Hunter. Cam Reddish. They're deep. They're deep, yes. and they have a lot of talented guys. They have lottery talent, and they also have some real veteran depth now. They have so a kid on yeah. their team. Was it Hoiter? I can't. I don't know. I'm, yeah, hurt. Yeah, Hurter. Kevin Hurter. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This guy was like seven for seven the other night. I was like, <laughs> yeah. First hey, round yeah. pick from Maryland. They brought him in, and they just said, "You're a shooter. You're a specialist," and he's been great. Yeah. They have a very interesting team. Mm-hmm. Very interesting team, and I mean, look out, guys, for them. Just look out. It's early, I know, but I, I was very impressed what I saw from this team early, um, you know, in the first two or three games. Yeah, and it's also uh, John Collins is one of those guys where I feel like he's not known right now. He he may not be known as far as like the is general he an ACC casual... guy. Is he an ACC guy? Wake Forest guy. Uh, <laughs> love John Collins. Just John the Baptist. Yeah, John the Baptist. He's my favorite. <laughs> and uh, I think he's going to get paid uh, coming up and people will know who he is very soon. So if you haven't watched the Hawks, tune in. They're a fun team. Uh, I really enjoyed them. Uh, Midas just put up 
the uh, picture of James Harden. I wanted to bring that up, BJ, because we talked about this with his whole situation. You know, you mentioned it. The the way to get traded in the NBA is to play your way into a trade. And James Harden, his first game back, uh, there were a lot of question marks. We've heard all the you know off the court you know BS, the honey buns to the baby or little baby, whoever was getting the honey buns. I can't remember the exact story, but the James Harden drama has been going on. But he comes back on the court against the Blazers, drops forty four and seventeen assists. Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, and they don't get the win, but you know, at the end of the game, he's trying to make a play, uh, trying to make a pass to PJ Tucker. PJ cuts to the basket, says stay in the corner. Uh, you know, is what it is. They lose that game, but James Harden looked great. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts about, you know, Harden and, you know, what he's able to do by being able to come out and play his way potentially, uh, and keep his value up around the league. Midas thinks he looks like Arizona State James Harden. I agree with that. I, I see the picture. Yes. I see the resemblance. Yes. <laughs> Thick. Well, yes. Well, you know, when I first started doing podcasting, and the reason I'm <laughs> so excited about doing podcasts is, is I said the following, but I'm going to clarify this for everyone. <laughs> the game doesn't start until the jump ball. Yeah. So I'm only going to talk about the game after the jump ball. There you go. James Harden missed all of training camp. James Harden has had, whether it was the COVID protocol or whatever's going on, he hasn't played. And then James Harden <laughs> comes in and just has a casual 44 and 17. Mm -hmm. That bothers me. <laughs> 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 that it's, bothers me it's insane is what no, it that, is that bothers me that bothers me that bothers me because Tate if you're a professional and and this is the ex-player talking now you know Tate I, I took my job serious like I don't have a problem with someone scoring 40 points on me when I play because hey it can happen yep it can happen it's happened to all of us mm -hmm. and will continue <laughs> to happen as long as the game is being played someone is going to hit you for 40. what does bother me though is when I've been in the gym every single day <laughs> this guy hasn't been in the gym every <laughs> single day and then just comes out and hits me for 44 and a casual 17 mm. and you know he's not in shape mm -hmm. now that bothers me yeah that 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 bothers me that bothers james harden is my oldest son's favorite player my oldest son is a lefty loves james harden i'm a james harden fan. i love james harden <laughs> but there's no way that you should be able to miss all of training camp mm-hmm Miss what he's had, what, maybe two or three practices? Maybe? Maybe. Yeah, I'm not even sure. Right? I, we're not going to talk <laughs> about what happened outside of the jump ball. We're just going to talk about the jump. But when the when the ball went up in the air, at the end of the game, he had 44, 17, what, six, seven rebounds? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a casual, like against yeah. all-star caliber players on the other end. Yep. It wasn't like James Harden is playing and he's like the third option. It was like, so what's bothering me now is, <laughs> what does this say about the NBA? Mm -hmm. That 
okay, yeah, okay. You know, guys were talking about how James Harden looked. Guys are talking about he can't be in shape. He, I don't care how much working out you're doing with your personal training. He can't be in shape right now. Yeah. But the fact that he can come into an NBA game and do this, what does that say about our game right now? That's what disturbs me. Yeah. I I I think it it can say one of two things. I think one thing it can say if it's not a if it's not a full indoctrination of what basketball is currently in the NBA, it is saying that James Harden is an alien and James Harden is uh, of an Allen Iverson ilk in the sense that he can walk into the building, play a game of basketball, and be absolutely ridiculous uh, and score that way. Um, or it's like what you're saying, which is anybody can walk out of the court that has that talent. And ball I, I don't know what this is, but what I do know, <laughs> what I do know, again, this is the ex-player talking again. I would have had to use up all them six files mm -hmm. because I don't mind if someone hits me for 40. You know, if Rod Strickland hit me for 40 or Tim Hardaway or Kevin Johnson, Mark, Pry okay. But you got to at least go to training camp. You got to at least, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Tate, you have to at least have put in the work to have the right to hit me for 40 points. You can't yeah. just walk off the street and just hit me for 40 and I'm a pro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, that's all I'm saying. Like, all right, if he even had 18 in that game, we would we would all said, okay, he's a little rusty. He hasn't had a chance to work himself <laughs> into shape. Yeah, that seemed about right for me. Guy just can't walk off the street and just hit me for 44 17 because basically that's what he did. Mm -hmm. So I was a little watching the game. I was like. Is the game easier or is, is there something going on out there that, that that I'm not aware of? Like, how is this working? Like, yeah, he hasn't practiced tape. Tape. He hasn't practiced. Mm. He couldn't have practiced. He had protocols. <laughs> he had to go. He. He should have been in quarantine. Yep. At least that's what they told us. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you just do this? He's that good, I guess. He's that good, I guess. And Adam Silver obviously fined him fifty thousand uh, dollars, you know, for all the stuff early on. He's he's dealt with all the off the court stuff. And Jonathan Fagan, who we had on the show, Houston reporter, he said it best. He tweeted, "He's worth the headache." You know, as much as all the Houston Rockets, all the hoopla around, you know what hey. I mean. He's worth the headache. He comes back just forty four. Can I just say something here? <laughs> Whatever his workout is, Tate, I need to get that workout. I need because to get that. Tate when he said, you know, I thought it was really funny. When they asked him in his press conference, and he was like, I went to work out with my trainers. Well, we need to go work out with his trainers because yep. whatever his trainers are doing, Tate, that's I'm just amazed the fact that he can do this, and you know with certainty he can't be in shape right now. <laughs> yep. Yep. So is he playing at a what? 45, 50%? I'd say 69% would probably be his answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would be what James Harden would say. And uh, and it would be hilarious. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. And if anything, I, you know, I watched this Rockets team. Christian Wood, 
he looks like the real deal. You know, he looks like a real young big that really fits well with the Rockets. They have Boogie Cousin who's going to come back. They have John Wall. I don't know what the Rockets look like when they're all back on the court, but I do know that James Harden is a start. I'm going to say this. Yep. And I hope James Harden is listening. <laughs> Me too. Well, he has to be listening, right? He has to be listening. As I look around the league, and I, you know, look, I look, and it's early. If James Harden would buy in to what the Houston Rockets are doing and trying to do, I think that's the best situation for him. Because mm-hmm. there isn't another team that I can see that he could go to right now where I could say, oh, that's a perfect fit for him. Yep. Or that's the right fit for him. Mm-hmm. If he would buy in to this team and and take on that responsibility there in Houston, I think that is the best place for James Harden and his talent and what he's doing. Because, you know, we're here and yeah, we're 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 having a good time talking about, you know, how does he score 44 points? The fact that that man was able to do that and you know he's not in shape. Yep. I was a little disturbed because there was a part of me going, wait a minute, man. He, I, I've been in training camp. I've been da-da-da working out and he just casually walks in. Mm-hmm. If if Christian Wood and Boogie Cousins and uh, uh, John, John Wall, Wall, P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. Yep. Uh, Daniel uh, House. Eric Gordon. Yep. I think this is the best place for him. Now, Hopefully this young man can see this, buy into this. And, and, and this situation reminds me so much of Akeem Olajuwon some years ago. You're, you're too young to probably remember this. But Akeem Olajuwon wanted out of Houston mm-hmm. some time ago. And this reminds me of the same situation. Akeem Olajuwon is one of the top three or four players I've ever played against. Yeah. This situation reminds me kind of the same. And I'm not saying James Harden had the same effect on the game as Akeem Olajuwon. But what I'm saying is Akeem Olajuwon wanted out. He was disgruntled. It seemed like they had reached a place where it was time for them to separate. And somehow they figured it out and they go on to win a championship or two down there. Well, two check. They went back to back, right? Then they won yep. back to back. Yep, yep. 94-95. James Harden... I hope that you can see as you look around this league, everyone wants to win. Everyone. Mm -hmm. But you know what? When you look back on your journey and your career, you're getting an opportunity to be the face of a franchise. How many players have had an opportunity to go to another franchise and actually be the face? Mm -hmm. Maybe LeBron James? I mean, it's basically, I mean, LeBron with the Lakers. I wouldn't even say with the Heat, LeBron was the face. I mean, okay. D-Wade was still the face, yeah. How many actually go from one organization to another and become the face? Kevin Durant didn't. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. Okay. Kawhi didn't. Goodness. Yeah. So, I just hope that James Harden, because he, he really is a special talent. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it does bother me that he can <laughs> score 40 on me and not work out. That does bother me. But you got to give him credit, man. Yep. He's got some type of talent level that you just don't see on the offensive end. 
I mean, and I hope that he can look back and hopefully 10, 15 years, he'll be able to look back on his career and go like, you know what? I was one of the best at yep. a certain aspect of the game because he really is. He, he truly is. James Harden is a guy that you now that you're going to walk into the gym, you're going to see a guy that's about 50, 60 pounds overweight. And he's gonna just give you give it to you in a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uncle Drew status, yeah. He he he's reaching all time level status not right now with me with the old man game. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, there's hope for guys like me now being a little yep. overweight, right? Yep. YMCA game, yep. James, I hope, sees this as an opportunity for him to really step into a place and become comfortable with James. This is how you play. This is what you do. Because when I look around the league, I don't see another place because you got to trade so much to get him yep. that it's going to be better than the current situation that he's currently in right now. And I hope that James and his team can just take a look at the other 29 teams. Just look around. Yep. Where else are you going to go and have John Wall, Boogie Cousins, and all of these players around you. And you know what? And I like Coach Silas. Yep, me too. I like how he handled the situation. I played for his dad. Dad, one of the, the nicest men I've ever met in the NBA. Yep. And he's a great kid. I've been knowing him for such a long time when he was just a kid. So I, I, I hope they can figure this out. I hope James can figure this out and play because the old guy in me right now, I have hope. He's giving me hope right now. Right now, I'm like, well, if James could do it, I mean, if he's a little, you know, he doesn't, <laughs> if he could do it, maybe, maybe there's a chance for a guy like yeah. me. But yeah. you know that James may, you just don't see that. Like, I don't know. I think I am upset about it for real because <laughs> I keep talking about it. <laughs> like he literally I'm just gonna see him for the last time. The guy just walks in and scores 44 17 in an NBA game on the road. Yep. Yep. On the road. It's different. He's different. Does he even know the plays? You think he knows the plays? <laughs> no. The, you you talked about it. Everyone runs the same thing. It's basically just like we're gonna run pick and roll. He and Christian Wood were just yeah, pick and pop. <laughs> Everyone else is trying to find chemistry, find timing, and he just eh, just yeah, Did he like, even I, go to shoot around, you think? Did yeah, he even like, let him go to this. shoot around? <laughs> <laughs> That's my James Harden. So I, I hope he stays down there in Houston. Yeah, me too. And I uh, I saw Mad Max, uh, Vernon Maxwell, who is, I would say, one of our favorite faces. Of we got to get him on the show. Yeah, the 90s NBA. He said that he was not excited for this Houston season. He watched the first quarter uh, with James Harden. He said he's fully back in. So if Mad Max is in, uh, hopefully he can convince James Harden to buy back in. And, and I think you're right. I think this is the best fit. Christian Wood is a great big for James Harden. He's probably the best big he's played with. And uh, they seem to have a rapport in that one game. They built it in one game. And he's still got familiar pieces there. I think John Wall is actually going to be a good person to be around James Harden because John Wall is bout it bout it like he's not going to let someone just like be leisurely around him i think uh and same with boogie so it should be a fun team 
Uh, shout out to the Rockets. We're going to keep our eye on the Rockets. We're going to watch uh, everything that goes on in Houston. Maybe we'll have Jonathan Fagan back to talk about his thoughts on the James Harden uh, roller coaster of fun. Uh, BJ, before we get out of here, anything else you want to hit? Uh, is there anything that you saw, anything that uh, sticks out to you? I want to mention Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, game-winning shot uh, over the Charlotte Hornets. I, I watched that whole Thunder game. I was impressed by him uh, in that one. The GMs were expecting him to have a breakout year, so I want to mention Shea. But uh, anything else, BJ? No, you know. Um, Do you want to mention James Harden had forty four and seventeen again? <laughs> yeah, James did. You know, uh, you know. <laughs> as I was eating all types of desserts and eating, you know, James Harden. You know, now I I, I got to go home today and apologize to my son. Now I understand why <laughs> James Harden is his favorite player. James Harden now officially is my favorite player. You know, just. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just like that, just like that. You know, I mean, like, I'm not going to go back down that road again. That's a dark, you know, that's a, that's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down, but I will say this. I'm really excited for Zion. Mm. Cause he's playing extended minutes. Yep. And he looks lively, active, and hopefully he can continue this. And he's playing 36, 37 minutes in the first two or three games. And I'll say this, he is an active body. Mm -hmm. And I love watching him and Steven Adams play because everyone <laughs> else just bounces off of them. <laughs> you know, like everyone jumps and then, you know, they just bounce off of Zion and Steven. So, but um, it's good to see him back there playing. It's good to see him active with his, literally his, you know, his, he looked like he has his legs back under him. Mm. and hopefully he can continue to do this because he is a very unique player. He's a yep. unique talent at yep. his size, his strength, and his athletic ability. And I'll say the last thing. You know, he jumped so quick off the first jump, but his second jump. It's elite. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. I've yeah. never been more excited to see a guy miss a shot because <laughs> he gets his rebound so fast. It's like, it's, it's unbelievable how fast he gets on his second jump. It's kind of like uh, my dad said this to me. It was like Moses Malone a little bit. You know, it's like the Windex man. You know, he's like, yeah. right, he's quickly right back off the glass. You know, sometimes you think he might miss it on purpose just to get another rebound. And, he's so, uh, yeah. he's so quick. He's so athletic. And it's really fun to watch him play. So, you know, shout out to New Orleans for, you know, getting him back healthy. And let's hope that he stays healthy for the, uh, for the entire season because he's a fun player to watch. Yeah, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans are both two teams, I think, that are very interesting and fun to watch. they got some role players that are very interesting. they got some stars. Brandon Ingram has been great so far this season. So, yeah, tune into those two teams. We'll be back uh, with Eric Woodyard to do our full uh, roundup around the NBA. He's going to come back on uh, tomorrow. We'll have that episode out on Wednesday. We appreciate everyone tuning in to Pushing Through again. Hope everybody has a happy holidays, and uh, we're getting close to the new year. Thanks for listening. Can I stop? <laughs> <laughs>